found us. More podcast where we want you to know God more deeply. Find lasting freedom. Discover your destiny and make an eternal difference. Now. Hey, well, welcome to this week's podcast. We're glad to have you back here again. Uh, the more podcast is now fortified with more vitamins and nutrition that you need to make your spiritual health even better. Just one weekly helping added to your current media diet and you'll feel like a million gospel bucks. That is a product promise from more podcasts. Just ask our, our current subscribers that uh, listen to our podcast on a weekly basis. They tend to feel a lot better. Don't you think, Pastor Gary? I agree 100%. Yeah, and they seem to look better too. Like they're getting a little sun in their diet, a little bit of a little something extra than everybody else. Well, here to help me with your weekly dose of more goodness, a man who is in a current fight with the Food and Drug Administration to make maple syrup its own food group, Pastor Gary. Woo-woo! Yeah, yes. You're going to get it on My grandkids are like, chug it, chug it, chug it. <laughs> if you can get that on the pyramid, like yeah. its own bracket, uh-huh. right? It's yep. just like, you know, vegetables, the- fruit. Maple syrup. Right. Somebody yeah. somebody sent me maple syrup homemade from northern Michigan when I was in Afghanistan. Yeah. Oh. And I, I, as soon as I received it, I opened it. I was like, well, I don't have pancakes. I slammed it. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do with it. It yeah. was amazing. Uh, yeah. I'm, you know, I like, I like maple syrup, but the funny thing is whenever I go over people's houses, they always pull out, we have like a breakfast, uh, dinner together. They'll bring out the really good stuff, like the bougie mm-hmm. maple syrup. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I just want the, the fake stuff that says butter on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like that. So I don't know why. Give me mm-hmm. the high fructose. Yeah. They're like, uh, don't yeah. you want to try this stuff that was, you know, aged and barreled, uh, 20 years. No, I'm just take the, take the cheap stuff. Well, uh, sitting to the left of me, you've already heard his voice, the center of many conspiracy theories in our church that he might be an MMA fighter uh, on the weekends, Dave Batchelor. There he is. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> when, he had, when you had that goatee going and that little that beard, like the goatee beard kind of thing going on there for uh, a while, uh, the first time I saw you in church, I'm like, I think that guy is a prize fighter. And then <laughs> I went and talked to you, and I'm like, no, it's not the guy, but he still looks like him, you know? It, it happens occasionally. I've had people come up to me in restaurants and be like, excuse me. Yeah. And I'm like, man, seriously, I'd have you to d- be like. I would just go ahead and sign the autograph. Just, <laughs> yeah, do, just it. do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start doing that. I have to yeah. grow the goatee back, though. Yeah. And then they'd be like, Dave Batchelor, what? This is not the same guy. This doesn't say Conor McGregor. Yeah, Conor McGregor. That's what I was trying to think of his name, <laughs> yeah. Conor McGregor. Yeah, that's who you look like. Yeah, look it up. And imagine Dave with a beard on, and he looks seriously like the guy. Yep. Yeah. If I stay in the gym long enough, maybe. But <laughs> we'll see. Well, you know, when he's he's standing up next to his competitors, he doesn't look, like, super big. Yeah. He's just he's just mean on the, in the octagon. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, he's nasty. And finally, the man yeah. in charge of the microphone. Here we go. The only man... To ever think that moonwalking actually took place <laughs> on the moon, Pastor Alex. Yes, yes. Oh, I went through my Michael Jackson phase. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a good time. Uh, I won't tell you that. I, I remember watching Pastor Alex doing all of his uh, Michael Jackson moves, Yeah, practicing his moonwalk. He would uh, slow down the video <laughs> in slow motion so he could figure out the footwork on that. Yeah, and I never got it. I'm not really uh, coordinated like that. And mm-hmm. so my moonwalk kind of looks like a redneck back backflip kind of thing or like backstroke. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for whatever it's called. It does not look good. I think it should be posted. Just it saying. should be posted. People, yeah, you know, people try to say, "Hey, you should do this." What was it during school? The school year, they wanted me to do some dance with the the suit on, mm-hmm. and I tried to do it, and they're like, "No, don't do it anymore." <laughs> just was stop. it the floss? No, it was some sort of gritty. Was gritty. It the gritty? Yeah, the gritty. That's what oh, it's called. You got to practice that. Yeah, I know how to do the gritty. You do? I do. I I don't. You and have to kick your. It has to go heel down. Oh, heel down. Yeah, heel down. You got to lean and you got to do this arm action okay. while your heels are going down. Well, I, you know, I'll, I'll work on it. I, you know, Isn't it son- amazing how a video game can make it to every, every NFL touchdown has the gritty now? Right, yeah. It, that's crazy to me. Well, video games don't affect anything. Of Pastor course Gary, not. What are you no, talking they about? don't. No. No influence harmless. whatsoever. They're harmless. I mean, <laughs> Fortnite. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I know guys that are my age that play that game. Oh, yeah. And they're pretty serious about it. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing is I have some people in my life that are younger, and they, they watch other people yeah. play the game That I don't video. get. I don't understand that. Like, they will it, sit there and watch YouTube. I think they're learning different moves and different right. 
We had Game Genie back in the day. You remember okay. Game Genie? No. For for Super yeah. Nintendo, it had all the cheat codes in it. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I know. I watch those guys, and they'll sit there for hours watching these people play, and I'm like, is that exciting? Really? I mean, mm-hmm. you're not playing it. You're right. just watching somebody else do all the work. Yeah. Apparently, it is. And, uh, you know, some of these guys become YouTube sensations yep. by doing that. And now they money. fill up stadiums and have competitions on this stuff. And they make money yep. playing lots these games. Yep, lots of money. And you can spend a lot of money too. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, buying all those extra features and those games. And yeah. All oh my gosh. Um, all right. So summer conversation icebreakers that we wanted to give you this year. You know, like whenever in the summer you're trying to figure out what you're going to talk about on the boats or standing around the barbecue, uh, we like to give you like stories that we found that we think are interesting things to bring up. And uh, you know what? I think Dave, you should read this first one. <laughs> this is such a great this story. This is a good one. I think Dave, go ahead and read this one. This is good. So this story is about a dog named Scooter. Yeah. And he actually wins the ugliest dog competition. I love it. This is super wild. So the seven year old Chinese crested dog with reversed hind legs. Okay, so get <laughs> wait, that in your wait a minute. His legs get, are in the wrong direction. Uh, do, you, do you breathe that in? I, I, his okay. legs are in the wrong direction, is what we're saying. Somebody twisted him and then put his legs down. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got reversed hind legs, so put that in your mind. Yeah. Uh, he's nearly bald, uh, but just a little bit of white wispy hair. That's all he's got. <laughs> so he's a very special dog. Um, but it's those kinds of peculiar. Pecul- I'm sorry. Say that Peculi- again. Peculiarities. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> that endeared the pooch <laughs> to the judges at the world's ugliest dog contest. And this was in Petaluma, California. Yeah. Uh, and he took home the grand prize. It was pretty impressive. Really? Um, and you can look him up. Uh, the pictures are, I mean, if you can seriously not laugh or at least yeah. smile looking at these photos, I, I would probably- The dog is it. super ugly. I mean, he's, he's so ugly, he's cute. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And he's, he's got, yeah. Have he you ever like touched a, one of those dogs before? Is, I've never seen one in real it's life. It's unnerving. Really? Because they, you know, normally when you touch a dog, you're thinking they're going to have fur. And, and it's now they're like, sometimes in the summer when they're really hot, they're kind of like slimy. Like, I don't know. It's like touching a lizard or something. I don't know. It's just nasty. <laughs> so, so Scooter's pink wayward tongue may be drooping from his mouth. Uh, this contest <laughs> title, however, is meant to be tongue in cheek. And now this contest has been, has been held for over 50 years. Um, well, that's a these, long time. these little dogs are uniquely beautiful, uh, by celebrating their imperfections and making them all special and to advocate for adoption. So that's good, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. pet adoption is important. There's lots of them out there that need to be adopted. Yeah, that's good. Um, from the second he sits his hairless little body and backward legs on your lap, you feel his warm, huggable power to change the meaning of the world ugly. Word, word <laughs> ugly, said NBC host Gotti Schwartz, one of the competition's judges. Great. So, uh, <laughs> that's interesting. That dog would not come near me. There's no way. <laughs> I don't think I'd go near the dog, to that be honest. That's just nasty. <laughs> backward legs and a tongue hanging out. Yeah, because don't those that breed loses, loses its teeth all the time, right? I mean, a lot of little dogs do. That's yeah. their breath is horrible, so their teeth oh. rot out of their head and end up having to be pulled. <laughs> they sell those little greenies for like five hundred dollars yeah. for a two ounce bag of them, and they don't really work. That they well, don't. So. No. The dog looks drunk all the time. That's what it looks like with his tongue <laughs> without out. hair. Yeah. He's going to have you know not a flea problem. That's right. true. That's right. Yeah, no fleas, but it ah. looks like he has mange. I'm just not going to touch. And, yeah, Pastor Alex, you and I have never had fleas. No, we have not. Yeah, that's we're, true. We're all set. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. It, that's as long as you I leave may my have shirt. Had fleas? That's as long as I leave my shirt on because my back hair is pretty oh, pretty thick. Hair. Yeah. Oh. Back hair can be used for fleas. So okay. yourself I a just... monkey and take care of it. <laughs> have Social a monkey grooming. picking off. Yeah. 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 The more monkey. <laughs> uh speaking of monkeys, uh, we're going to Indonesia for a mission trip and I'm excited about going. And uh we're going to a monkey um what do you call those places? Uh where they say Refuge. Refuge, thank you. All right going to a monkey refuge and you can hang out with the monkeys i'm like oh, i'm Wait there a you're in on that yeah oh yeah i'm going i mean you're hanging out with a couple of monkeys I'm, right now so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's you can, crazy is my wife hates monkeys really planet of the apes nightmares she didn't like it i had i put on a nature show the other day and had a monkey on the cover she's like we're not watching it <laughs> really she is definitely not about monkeys oh my gosh i love them that's one of my my uh, bucket list pets is to get a monkey at some point. Those movies are what nightmares are made of. Like yeah. if yeah. that really yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. And a chimpanzee, if, there's lots of stories out there of them ripping people's faces off. Right, stuff. I don't want one of those. No. Smaller. Go the Kapuchkin monkey is the one that I heard they can get in Michigan. The Ace Ventura monkey. Yeah, little tiny yeah. guy. 
But these things are so smart that you can train them to turn on microwaves, put dishes in the dishwasher, grab stuff off a fridge. They're way better than a dog. Way better than a dog. Yeah. So just imagine that. Hey, uh, you know, off of this story real quick, uh, Pastor Gary, did you get my text about the figs? I didn't. What was it? Oh, I sent you, you were talking about figs and how much you hated the figs. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So my wife and I were looking online to see, you know, how figs come about and all this other stuff. Uh It is nasty. Figs do not pollinate themselves. They have to be pollinated by wasp, a wasp fig. Okay. That crawls into the fig, lays its eggs, and then they die. For real. For real. I didn't get that text. but That is a natural fig. But now I guess science has done well where they've removed that process. So now they do it on their own without having to do all that. But that's the figs you would have eaten in Israel would have had uh, been pollinated by wasp. Yeah. Extra protein. Isn't that disgusting? Uh, Yeah, because I thought that was sand on the inside that I was eating. No, that's not. (laughs) Well, I don't know what the ones you're eating, but the ones that they were talking about. These are dried figs. Yeah, the ones that you eat in Israel that are right off the tree. A lot of those are pollinated by what's called a fig wasp that hmm. goes in and lays eggs and dies. Mm. That oh. is nasty. Tasty. Okay. Yeah. So I just I was throwing it out there Thank for you. you. Yeah, just one had, more reason why not to like a fig. Yeah, I had a couple of people calling in about uh, fig newtons are their favorite. Yeah. That is just that's just bad for your mouth. Right. That's just really gross. That's what you're eating is wasps. Yeah. Wasp eggs. You. Yeah. You're yeah. Coated wasp. in a soft breaded <laughs> yuck. <laughs> Right, <laughs> it's like a smushed corn dog, except yeah. inside yeah. is figs. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're worried about hot dogs and all this other stuff. And you're eating a. F- See, this is why I'm not a vegetarian. Uh-huh. People can tell me all the time, being a vegetarian is the healthiest thing you do. You're eating a fruit that some other insect dies in, and then you're eating that as though that's normal. Mm-hmm. Come on, mm-hmm. and you won't eat a hot dog that has a few little pig ears in it. Yeah, some on. lips. Yeah. Lip. Have you ever had a deep fried corn dog? Oh. It's corn dog to the next level. Stop. Those are so Deep good. Deep fried corn yeah. dogs. Where yeah. does this exist? Uh, well, we used to have a guy here at Harbor Light that had a, <laughs> a food truck, and he sold them. And uh, I will tell you, I had seven of them in one helping. They were very good. <laughs> that's a serving. Is yeah. Seven. seven. Yeah, that's well, a holy number. Serving. Yeah, right. Seven. I want to get up to the Jesus number, yeah. Yeah. and I'm good. Seven Deep yeah. fried corn dogs. What a good idea for family camp. It was huh? good. Deep fried. Well, you so know, they, they sold those at uh, Big Ticket. Did they? Yeah. Okay. I was tempted to get one, but. Heartburn. That's the problem with those. Mm. Anything deep fried, wonderful, but heartburn kicks in at some point. I just didn't feel like singing songs to David Crowder and puking my guts out at the same time. So, I, Oh, that's I weird. Yeah. Why? <laughs> All right. So another uh, news item that you might want to know. I know this is something that you're just going to talk about. This is water cooler. This is water cooler information. Yeah. You're standing around the barbecue. You're like, what do I talk about to somebody that just showed up to my barbecue? Here you go. Uh, the special ingredient that's going to be in the Mars travel meals is really interesting. Uh, you want to know, well, how are they going to travel so far and then have what they need to eat while they're there? Uh, according to uh, NASA, uh, it is astronaut breath. That's an ingredient in the food. Apparently, the breath of an astronaut mixed with water uh, and yeast starter, electricity, and a rolling pin, and we can basically make food on Mars without having to really worry about having food. Isn't that interesting? You know what? Just... For a second, let's unpack this. Yeah. Just for a second. So we have world hunger. Right. And you can make food out of somebody's breath. Right, yeah. Apparently, apparently there's the scientists found out, <laughs> his name is Sheehan, uh, found out that there's a way to use your, your breath to uh, be the yeast starter that you need to start food. And so you can mix all this stuff together and then you breathe in it and something is in your breath naturally that can do a lot of things. He's also found ways to uh, use the carbon dioxide in our breath to create alcohol, uh, perfume, and then obviously a yeast starter. And so his company is in the running for the food uh, that's going to be taken up to Mars. So all you have to do is open up the bag, breathe in it, and you're going to have food ready to go in a couple hours. Yeah, that could solve world hunger, man. I know. what. <laughs> I mean, really? It all depends on whose breath it is. Oh, right? I see. Yeah. yeah, some are stanky. Right, right. <laughs> this, this food smells like something, man. What is going on? This one smells like coffee breath. Anyone else check <laughs> right. this? Did anyone else get this bag? Get a little, little, t- <laughs> a little morning taste blend. of coffee. I got some morning blend. It's like the one MRE. It's the one MRE that nobody wanted. Oh, They're my like, Here, gosh. take this one, man. Well, I'm just kind of picturing if you had the alcohol yeah. drink. And then trying to do the moonwalk. If that <laughs> <laughs> on Mars, you could do really good. Yeah. On Mars, you could really do. Well, the other day, you know, my wife, we were getting ready to go up and pray with some people. My wife's like, man, you need to eat a mint. 
because you're going <laughs> to knock people out. Yeah. And everybody's going to think something happened with the Holy Spirit and it's all your breath. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's bad. Uh, Pastor Gary, you want to do the last one here? No, I'm good. Oh, I'll, you want? I'll take like, it over. I like just adding color. Okay. Uh, this last one is good. Uh, service dog gets his own college diploma. I didn't think maybe you have ever heard that before, but apparently... <laughs> A dog University is got of a, Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> college diploma. Uh, this is kind of a heart-touching story because I think if you're going to share this one around the water cooler, it's going to be a good one. Uh, this uh, guy and his dog, they got through college together. Or, I'm sorry, this girl and his dog. Uh, when Grace Mariani uh, took to the stage, she received her diploma at Seton Hall University uh, this week. Her service dog, Justin, was right beside her getting the uh, the diploma as well. Her fellow graduates cheered as school president Joseph Nair handed Mariani her diploma. She earned a BS in education, graduating mag- magna cum laude, and then Nair uh, held out a diploma for Justin, and the crowd inside the Prudential Center went insane. Yep, that's uh, BS right there. It's, a B- <laughs> <laughs> it's BS, yeah. I see uh, what you did there. Yeah, I like what you did there. Uh, but yeah, it was a teary moment. People are like, oh my gosh. Apparently the dog had been into every class with her. I'm not sure the dog picked up anything. But you know, I guess the people that are sitting around the room are like, oh, that's so sweet. You know, like what happened there? So anyways, that's some stuff to talk about. Through, I, Do you like stories about animals, Pastor Gary? As long as they're edible. <laughs> well, you don't eat these though. These are there is family a, pets. There is a place for all of God's animals. Yeah, and apparently it's right next to the mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh, I love. Oh it. no, <laughs> I'm sorry for all of our dog lovers out there. But, I love uh, animals. Yeah, especially the tasty ones. <laughs> Coming from the critter commander. Know, yeah. So like, yeah, Does I'm, my breath smell like skunk a little bit? Yeah, <laughs> right. We had uh, skunk bacon this morning. It was had, so good. We had a skunk in daylight last night outside of our window. And it had to be like trying to climb in the window. It's so strong. Is this, are they come, I know they come out during the thaw, but what's yeah. going on right now? So right now, <clears throat> a lot of the adolescent skunks are up and moving. Okay. Um, they're at that age now where they're cruising around. Start, okay. You know, okay. Looking for food. In fact, I, I actually just trapped three skunks at uh, uh, one of our church members' houses <laughs> recently. Nice. And nice. one of them nailed me. It was awful. Oh, really? I, oh. I underestimated this little peppy. Okay. I'll tell you, it, it nailed me. And so how do you get shoes. that smell off you? Um, I've heard a lot of different. So like, the best way to, yeah. to get the smell off in my garage, I walk in and I, I take off all my clothes that I had on and my shoes. Yeah. And then I take a bag and I throw them in the garbage. Okay. <laughs> that's, okay. Okay. Yeah. that's the Step best one. Way. Yeah. <laughs> never going to try it. Then my, again. my wife brings me a bucket yeah. of peroxide, Dawn dish soap and, um, oh, wow. Uh, baking soda. Baking soda. Yeah. And then I enjoy like four or five, you know, Prison baths <laughs> in okay. the garage. Okay, and she she holds the brush. It's like yeah. really coarse. Oh, like, she stays away from me. You up, buddy. She's like, you are not allowed to come in this house until that is gone. Wow. <laughs> she throws her hip into it and everything. Yeah. Oh, d- when they do that, you yeah. Might as well, it's serious. Don't mess with them. That's uh, that's good to know. I mean, I've never like confronted a skunk before, and I don't plan on doing it anytime soon. But if it ever happens, I'll plan on using that little formula. Well, my first mistake was I grabbed it with my bare hand and by the scruff and I picked it up and it tried to bite me and I kind of shook it a little bit. Yeah. And it nailed me. I mean, it was, yeah. <laughs> Pastor Gary's so, face so, right now. Yeah. So yeah. I was under the impression that if his back legs aren't on the ground, he can't uh, oh. shoot off the sphincter. So these little guys turn their, their tail. Okay. And these are adolescent skunks. I'm not grabbing a full size skunk. Okay. No yeah. Way. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he started spraying, I think, right when I uh, grabbed him, because okay. as soon as I had him on the ground, I went, mm, and I, gr- I pinched his back scruff there, that skin on his neck, and I picked him up, and he was trying to bite me, and yeah, it was it was kind of funny, because the young lady who lives there was watching me through the window, like, this guy is insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, like, go up to her door and say, you know, it's time to pay me, and she's like, I'll Venmo you the I, money. Yeah. I totally just walked away and said, all right, that little bugger got no, me. No, actually, that's yeah. a really good scheme, right? Yeah. I'll get rid of this if you pay, yeah, pay right. me now. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I'm dropping it. It's gone. <laughs> well, it's an extra $25 to put it in a mailbox. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do you uh, do you have a trank license for these things? Like, oh yeah, I, I have a license to the DNR. Yeah, so you can yeah. trank some of these that are a little too vicious. You know, I've looked at net guns, tranquilizer, <laughs> yeah. all the things, but I have to follow the laws of Michigan. So you can't. Can you trank in Michigan? 
Uh, not that I'm aware of, unless the DNR does tranquilize certain animals and move them. But yeah, no, I do not. It mo- it did. Tr- they did tranquil a bear over by my house and you then UP when we lived up there. Really? Yeah, we had a black bear up in our tree, and uh, they hit it twice to get it to come down. Was it a thirty out six or was it a? a I have, I have no idea. No, it was it was alive when they got it, and then they just dragged it off on a tarp, and then they wow. took it back to the Hiawatha Forest. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, it was interesting. I was like, that was that was by my house. <laughs> In the city of Escanaba, yeah. All right, we're going to take an identity break. We'll be right back. Are you looking for more? Well, then you found it. Right here on More Podcast. Stay tuned. Looking for a go-to eatery that has awesome food? Well, Paper Station in downtown Harbor Springs is sure to have your next favorite. From their signature station burger to the golden crispiness of a hand-dipped onion ring, enjoy the flavors that make this a must-stop today. Paper Station. Get rapture ready with your favorite host today, Pastor Gary and Pastor Alex Norton, as they come to you with information that you need to make it through the times coming ahead and more. (laughs) I love that. If you aren't moving right now, there's something wrong. Right. Yeah, you should be. Welcome back from uh, the commercial break there. You have picked up uh, the fact that we've got the Critter Commander in the studio, (laughs) Studio 1211 here today. And uh, so we're getting lots of great information about uh, the capture of uh, those (laughs) squirrels and everything Nighttime bandits. uh, And the stuff he uses to take bats with. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah, that was really yeah, helpful information. You, you, you need that. Yeah, you do need that. So three three ingredients, peroxide. And then baking, baking, soda. baking soda. and Dawn dish soap. Dawn dish soap. Yep. Okay. And a, and that a strong is the brush. mixture you need. Now, that will work on your dog as well, I would imagine. Uh, it will, um, you know, depending on how thick their hair is. Okay. That's going to determine how many times you need to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I got my, my dog got it one time, and it was about four or five uh, baths of whatever I was using. Somebody, you know, one time that uh, we got a dog that got hit and they said, use tomato juice. Yeah. And that didn't work. Very well. It actually no. made it smell worse. Yeah. yeah. If you want to stain your tub, it's a great <clears throat> way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and gentlemen out there, if you ever get sprayed by a skunk, I, I recommend not letting your wife use a wire brush on you to <laughs> scrub you. <laughs> Just FYI. Yeah. It becomes abuse after a while. It's like, it really, do you have to rub why, that hard on me? Why am I bleeding? Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, that's not you. That's the juice. That's uh, it's okay. You're fine. <laughs> Uh, okay, so in our Rapture Ready News, we got an interesting article that uh, I found. Oh, my gosh, it's so sinister. Uh, you want to talk about the devil trying to find ways to get into church. This is exactly one of those devices that he's using. I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the term RAD before, which is it stands for Rapture Anxiety Disorder. And uh, this story came from CNN. It's really interesting how this person is uh, dealing with this. They said, basically, April, who was 13 years old, uh, knew something wasn't right. Her house in Dallas was quiet, too quiet. Uh, they were uh, no longer there, referring to her parents. A pile of their mother's clothes. Her mother's clothes was on the floor, and her parents' bed uh, was kind of disheveled, but with clothes laying on it as though they had just worn them. Uh, April uh, April's mind started to race as she tried to remember and uh, began to make plans when uh did she last do something wrong? Should she say no to the beast's mark? She thought that if she was put to death by the guillotine during the time of trouble, at least it would be quick, and she was wondering if she was ready for when that would happen. Apparently, millions of people who grow up in Christian communities are taught that the rapture can happen at any time from the time that they are old enough to understand. And even though there are different ideas about how this would happen, the basic idea is, is the same. Uh, the good Christians go to heaven and the bad Christians are left to suffer, according to the article. No matter how it comes about, believers should both fear and welcome it. They should pray about it and be ready for it at all times. Well, April grew up in an evangelical church where she was always reminded that the end of the world was coming soon. And so she was told to never sin because it might be the last thing that she did on earth before she came back. Uh, Dramatic books and movies about the rapture were shown as she grew up. 
and gave her real glimpses as to the end of the world, which made her all the more nervous. She said that when I was probably eight or nine, my brother and I spent about 30 minutes looking up at the sky every day. Uh, April told a reporter, we took turns counting down from 10. And while we were doing it, we were sure Jesus was coming to get us then. April, who is now 34, is part of a growing group of people called ex-evangelicals who have left some evangelical Pentecostal and Baptist churches because apparently those are the ones that talk about the rapture. Uh, and they think that their beliefs are harmful. Uh, she has a popular TikTok account where she talks about faith and, among other things, the long-lasting effects of traumatic religious experience. I read another article, which is interesting, that there are people that are trying to sue pastors and the churches that teach this as though it is considered abuse now. And some lawyers are starting to take up the case. Uh, we know that in Scripture, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3-4, through 4, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great grace and mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectations and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of the change and decay. Wow. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Quite interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think it's interesting that, um, you know, you, you wouldn't hear about any other faith on earth. Right being uh, leaders of those faiths, being sued for uh, the things that they've preached or believed, right? Because that would be wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think it's interesting how they're framing it in the context of abuse. Uh, you know, that because we're preaching the Bible on a Sunday, which, by the way, is by people's choice. I don't think any church that I've ever experienced, the church here at Harbor Light, we don't drag people in and make them come to church on Sunday. We don't make them listen to the sermon. It's all free choice. If you want to stay, you can. If you want to leave, you can. But uh, for people to start framing in this idea and get, actually giving it a name, rapture anxiety disorder, which is now actually uh, being looked at in some of the medical journals as being a real thing, uh, that is nuts. That basically puts a crosshair on the church as though we're not... Um, uh, we're not just a religious entity or uh, a group that should be protected. We shouldn't be protected now because we're creating abuse within our, our congregations and in our churches. Uh, you want to talk about a new attack by the devil. This is interesting because this is just relatively new. Uh, this actual term, rapture anxiety disorder, has just come out in the last year or two. Uh, it's actually just been framed in that way, and lawyers are starting to get involved with it, saying that we can, uh, we can go after these people. If you feel like you're being uh, verbally abused because somebody on the church, the pastor, or somebody talks about rapture and you have a disorder from it, anxiety disorder, well, you can now bring a lawsuit against them. Are you ready for that, Pastor Gary? I'm ready. Bring it. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Yep. I'm just going to, uh, you know, just I'm repeating the words of Jesus. Right. And, and you know, the thing is why, you know, why would uh, this all of a sudden become a, a problem? Because you and I both... Uh, grow up in a time where, you know, we watched these movies, Left or not Left Behind, but uh, Thief in the Night and those kind mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they were, <clears throat> they were encouraging. You, you saw it, Dave? Yes, I did. I just have a question. Yes. Or I, I'm sorry, I have the answer. Okay, here we go. Because you asked a question. Yeah. Why now? Uh, because we've created this whole environment of victims. Yeah, you're right. This entire country, um, Nowadays, everyone is a victim somehow, some way. I, I rant about this in my kitchen. My wife just sits there and goes, uh-huh, yes, dear, uh-huh. But I'm serious. Yeah. Everything now is hurtful. Yeah. Everyone's offended by every little thing. That's exactly what this is. It's no different from every little thing on the, the new agenda. Yeah, right. <clears throat> that is creating victims across the globe. And, and honestly, I would say, I would even venture to say that it's really more of our problem here. Right, yeah. Because other countries think we're ridiculous with this stuff. I mean, it's not, you know. It's right. Just, we have first world problems. Yeah. And this, we're, we're running out of things to be offended about. So why right. not this now, you know. I, <laughs> the first time you go to the, the psychologist and said, you know, I need uh, depression uh, medication because I have RAD. I, I you just laugh them out of the office. Are you serious? You know, you are pretty rad. You guys yeah. are pretty rad. I know that used to be a, that used to be a great term back in the day, right? I'm still using it. They're not yeah. stealing it. Rad. Not they take this. everything. They take the rainbow and they take this. Not this. No what else are they going to take? This. I know. Rad dad. <laughs> Hashtag. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of them taking everything from us. Stop it. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, somebody uh, posted on Facebook. I thought it was interesting. They were down at the pride parade and uh, in Chicago and, uh, they're everybody's holding the pride flags and and his flag said 
no, this is a promise. It has nothing to do with pride on his flag. Was that the one where the police escorted him away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Took him off there, said that he was uh, uh, sharing hate speech. Yeah, it's a free country. Why wouldn't they haul him away? Well, and that's the same time a bunch of almost half-naked guys are riding bikes, and they're like, hey, have your kids grab. They're throwing candy out to the kids and stuff, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so bad. But parents are taking them to the to the parades. But, yeah, this is something to think about. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. You know, granted, we talked about the rapture just a little while ago, and, and, you know, some aspects of it definitely seem a little unnerving when you think about it. But, you know, as Pastor Gary shared, you know, that stuff's going to happen after the fact that we're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it is something that we should talk to people about. It is something to think about. And it is not a manipulative tool. It is the truth. It is the fact that when, you know, the devil has total control, this is stuff's going to happen. When the Christians are gone, this is going to happen. When Holy Spirit's presence is, is removed from the world, there's going to be a lot of junk happening. And uh, you know what? It's it's kind of like, just like when we train our kids when they're growing up, you know, you got to be prepared for different uh, situations that are happening. You're not trying to scare your, your kids into anxiety or fear, but you want them to know the truth. And that's really what we do. And, you know, I think uh, the way we talked about the rapture uh, through the series was, you know, it's a good thing. It's a blessed thing. Just like uh, First Peter said, it is something that we should look at as a priceless inheritance, something that should be exciting and something that should uh, be an encouragement to us as we we look for that day uh, for it to come. So I'm sorry, you know, if anybody out there has ever felt like they have uh, had anxiety over it, that really anxiety a lot of times, if we look at it for what it is, it's conviction. It's the reminder that there's a real issue happening and you're not prepared, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're prepared, why would you be pre- why would you be worried? Exactly. Why would you be in fear? Amen. You don't mm-hmm. fear something that you know is is for your good. Uh, any last thoughts on that, Pastor Gary, since you gave us that series? Uh, nope, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good news. Now, I did have a traumatic thing like that happen when I was in sixth grade. Uh, came home and my parents had moved. <laughs> Remember me telling that story? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I had something very similar to this young lady, but uh, it never rocked my faith. No. Uh, after that night. <laughs> did you need counseling after No, that? I didn't need it. But uh, <laughs> it it has you know, it made a mark on my life. Yeah. And, um, and something that someone has said here is that when it's presented at Harbor Light, it's something so good and something yeah. to look forward to that uh, we're definitely not the doom and gloom people, although we do know that there is an end coming to what we're going on. And we talked about this on Sunday, of course, you know, with yeah. Acts chapter 2, right? In the last days, my spirit will be poured out on all flesh. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. It's good. Yeah, and then what in the first chapter of Revelations, anybody who reads it, it's it doesn't say that it's something that's just scare your socks off. It says it's a blessing. Yep. It's a Verses blessing one to through, know. One through three. Yeah. Just listening to it, reading it, and hearing it preached it will be a blessing in your life. As far as I know, uh, when I look at the definition of blessing, it's not a negative thing. Yeah. <laughs> blessing is a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah. Something for sure. that should be uh considered a good thing. All right, we're gonna take a identity break and we'll be right back. Well, here's how to have more. Know God more deeply, find lasting freedom, discover your destiny, and make an eternal difference. You're listening to more podcast. Oh my gosh, we are here for the big question. or the big big question that we have every week, but then also we have the speaker drawing today. Yes, we have the drawing. And I have all the names here of all the people that have been filling out those questions and sending them in emails to us. And we're going to let the critter commander do the draw on this one. All right. Now, there was one young lady, (coughs) Mary, correct? Yeah. We're really pulling for Mary. Yeah, Mary really wants them bad. And... uh, well, Linda wants one too. She feels like oh, Linda hasn't gotten one. She hasn't got one yet. Okay, all right. So, well, all right, Dave, Commander. Here we here go. go. Do you feel? That, use the force. Use the force, buddy. This one here. Ready? Right. Yeah. Are you ready? Who is it? Oop. Hold on. I think there might be. Hold on. Is there we two got, in there? We got. Nope. No. Nope. There's one. Big one. one. And <laughs> the winner is Nikki McCune. Oh, Nikki. Nikki. All, all right. right. Nikki wins. She has been wanting one too. So Nikki, you have a speaker coming to you on Way Sunday. Way to go, Nikki. We'll make sure that we have Thank you it. for answering those yes. questions, being in your Bible. Doing a good job. And for those that have not, just remember we have more. Yeah. We'll be here. Yeah. And you always have a chance. Just keep answering those questions and 
you know, getting your swag. Some some people are like, you know, I already got that. I'm like, well, that's all I got. You know, <laughs> so those, they're just uh, going to have the multiple choice table. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, just you just take what you think is uh, right. good. Uh, this last week, uh, people that answered the question that you gave uh, last podcast was Mary Wood, Ben Butnick, Alan Kerberski, Nikki McCune, and Dave Carofino. All okay. of them. All of them. The, answer. Way to go, question. everyone. Um, I think Linda did, but I couldn't find an email there. Okay. But I'm, I'm pretty sure she probably did somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we'll just give a shout out to Linda Murray too. Uh, and those are all people that answer that. Well, if you want to be a part of this and win one of those speakers or get some swag, uh, just uh, write into harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com, harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com, all lowercase, and send us the answer to the question that we are going to give you right now. Pastor Gary. Yes. Um, Pastor Alex, I'm looking at you with a blank stare because I can't remember what the question was from last week. Uh, I don't either, but we don't need to, <laughs> we don't need to worry about the question from last week. Nope. That was a, that was a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. I just yeah. didn't take the answer. Uh, you know what? Let's, let's just not worry let's just about not that. worry about it. Let's go to the new one. Let's okay. talk about the new I, question. I do have a new question for you. Yes. The new question is what? No. Okay. Here it is better. How many parables mm-hmm. did Jesus tell in the book of John? So you got to look through the whole book of John oh, and count up the number of parables one. that he told in the book of John. I like that. And if you're you're doing that, but you also can look in what's called a harmony in your Bible. <laughs> That's okay. just throwing it out there. Okay. Harmony of the Gospels, every Bible has it. Okay. You you could get your answer there too. I'm not going to I'm not trying to persuade you to do anything. I know. I'm, just, I'm looking at you right now and you have no idea the answer to that question. Uh I'd have to look it up myself. Yep. I don't have the I don't have the count in my head. It's going to be fun. Yeah, but yeah, you I mean, should you should uh, answer the question right in, and, and right you could in. win some swag. <laughs> I, you know, those things are great to know, uh-huh. but when you don't know, you don't know. Right. I mean, it's like I, yeah, I that's why I have the tools I have in my. Yeah, you think that we just know everything as pastors? That's not true. Right. I mean, that's why we have extensive libraries. and <laughs> It's always so fun when people walk up and they're like, you know, over in Zephaniah chapter yeah. 4, verse 8, right? Yeah. I'm like, uh, help me out. What does it say? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I feel pretty good because, like, whenever I play Bible trivia with somebody, I usually know quite a few answers. I can uh-huh. usually get them off. And then they're like, how do you know all that stuff? And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, don't ask me some other questions. Right. Then, yeah. yeah. And it's usually those kind of things, those references. Like, you know, you know, you know, the passage in John 4, you know, you remember when Jesus did this? And I'm like, okay. Well, this is, this yeah. is actually the answer to this one's kind of fun. This is going to be a good one. Yeah. So you get the count. I'm going to have to look up the count to make sure that I'm right. Mm-hmm. When they send it in and say, this is what it is, I need to know. Okay. So one more time. How many parables did Jesus tell in the book of John? Ooh, that's good. So, All right. So if you have the... Uh, answer already, or you're Googling it right now as we speak, uh, just send that answer to harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com, harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com, all lowercase, and let us know, let us know the answer to that. And you could, uh, you know, get some swag for me. We still have uh, water bottle koozies. Uh, we still have some hats. We have some things. I don't think the, the winter hats are going to go right now, but we have some things going on. So uh, I do have one more mug from Hamill's Carpet. One of those real nice okay. ones with the chrome top. Yeah. I have one of those left. So, I mean, we have some things that are available. And uh, so, you know, just, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Anyways, we're going to take an ID break. We'll be right back. You know, don't settle for insurance that won't cover your toys, home, or auto. There's a reason that Wilson Insurance is an industry leader in Northern Michigan. They're not in the business to sell insurance. They're in the business to be there when you need an agent most. That's Wilson Insurance. Petoskey. Well, we're going to get into our Bible talk uh, this week. Um, We've started a series on Sunday called Un-Jesus Like Jesus. And last week in Pastor Gary talked about Jesus getting hangry. And uh, (laughs) first glance of our text in Matthew chapter 21 verse 17 through 20 it does seem like jesus got a little hangry when he was looking for figs and found nothing in the text uh pastor gary why don't you unwrap that for us well that was actually a little bit of fun so i was trying to show the humanity of jesus and uh, jesus was a hundred percent man when he's here on this planet walking around and uh he was a hundred percent god but he had set aside his divine privileges Mm -hmm. and so he faced the same trials temptations difficulties struggles that we face 
every single one of them. He did it, of course, without sin. Uh, the Bible does say uh, in Ephesians, you know, be angry but sin not. Mm-hmm. I had somebody, I had someone really concerned that I had Jesus uh, sinning by being right. hangry. Um, I don't think it's a sin to be hangry. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's a real human thing to start getting a little edgy when yeah. you are hungry. Right. Um, so they were really challenged with that. Um, I don't think I stepped outside of the bounds of. Uh, you know, good preaching. Uh, but Jesus did uh, appear as though he was, he, he had already probably been up early in the morning praying as it, that was his habit. Yeah. And now he's on his way into Jerusalem. This is in the Paso, the Passion Week. This mm-hmm. is the beginning of the Passion Week. So he's facing a, a very incredible difficult time in the week coming up. He knows that he needs a little extra nutrition and uh, he goes to the fig tree and doesn't find any. Yeah. And we see his response, which is to curse the tree. Right. You know, I would think that seem to fit a lot of the formula of what we tend to find ourselves in when we get in that state. But, uh, and so that's what was going on. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, was really, really fun as a pastor to lay this series out long before I even <laughs> had yeah. started really digging in and realized that week number one on the clearing of the temple and the cursing of the fig tree are one in the same, they're, they're happening dovetailed together. Yeah. And the book of Mark, he actually splits the event of the uh, the tree and puts the cleansing in the temple in the middle because it's called the Mark sandwich. Yeah. Mark created nine sandwiches in the Bible and the way he wrote to take a story, break it in half, put a story in the middle. The story in the middle is the peanut butter and jelly. It it gives the meaning to the outside two slices of the bread. So like that was that, kind yeah. of fun. You lots made me of, hungry when you talked about that. Yeah, yeah it was really like, great. Did I talk about that in the service? Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, I was, uh, I was getting hungry when you were talking about peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we know, I mean, the idea of hangry, when you look it up as a definition, it, it talks about an impulsive reaction. And uh, obviously, Jesus was not ever, impulsive. He wasn't right. impulsive. Right. Uh, but, you know, later on, we realized that there was a prophetic meaning for what he did. And then you mm-hmm. talked about that later on of why he uh, dealt with that situation that was, um, you know, being in the role of a prophet, too. He did bring out, you know, the the reason for this. The disciples finally got the answer to that. Mm-hmm. But I guess you can have people that just kind of hone in on it's okay. <laughs> one section. I'm, I'm, it's used, like, I'm used to it. Did you hear the whole sermon? <laughs> yeah. Did you hear the whole sermon? Because <laughs> eventually you get to it. I mean, as a pastor, you do that. You try to get people hooked in with, mm-hmm. with something that they can all relate to, and then you get into what really is happening yeah. there. Well, it's but, really interesting, so it does work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, people see that and they go, ooh, what's this going to be about? Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, come on. Uh, okay. Whoever you it's are, okay. it's okay. We love you. Yep. We love you. Um, so, the, you know, getting into some of the questions of the text, uh, you know, the big question is, why did Jesus curse a fig tree? Yeah, this is, uh, and, and it actually becomes a stumbling block even for Christians because the way Mark writes it. Mm-hmm. Now, we focused on Matthew, but Mark writes about it too. And Mark says, hey, it wasn't the season for figs. Mm-hmm. And that makes it feel like Jesus is being impulsive right. and vindictive and, and all those things, that kind of things. Well, here's the thing that we learned about the figs. Uh, a fig tree produces its fruit before the leaves come on. Mm-hmm. So anytime there are leaves on a fig tree, there should be fruit. Something. Yep. And yeah. so Jesus, to see a fig tree, even if it's out of season, right, with leaves on it, he more than fair to expect there to be fruit. Yeah. So he goes over and he finds no fruit. Now, of course, as you're alluding to, this is all symbolic of Israel, Israel's worship pattern, Israel's uh, corruption of what's going on. Um, And so Jesus sees no fruit, no people coming to faith in God um, because of Israel has reversed Mm -hmm. their mission and they push people away instead of bringing people in, and that's what Jesus is cursing. Now, the fig tree just happens to be the symbolic um, aspect of that cursing. Okay? Right, and like you mentioned on Sunday, uh, the fig tree is is symbolic of their status in the new, the promised land. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the whole idea that a fig tree is growing in the promised land is the status of God's blessing upon them. Yep. Because the rest of the world around them was barren, didn't have a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You needed you needed water source. You need those kind of things to uh, grow the figs. It didn't just happen, you know, by accident in the middle of a desert. Right. So those things are all status of God's blessing upon the people. So like you said on Sunday, you know, um, it is prophetic in the sense that God had been blessing the people all this time, giving them his very presence in the temple, uh, showing uh, his favor towards them by protecting them from all these other nations. And yet when you get finally to the book of Micah, they're like, uh, 
you know, we, we can care less, you know, we're just going to follow tradition, follow the rules that we have to follow. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're doing everything we should be doing. And God's like, forget the sacrifices. I think you mentioned that mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, your heart is not in it. You're right. not with me. And, uh, you know, kind of showing in that fig tree that you just mentioned on Sunday, it looks good. A lot of leaves, mm-hmm. yep. but no content. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and having our critter commander in the studio with us here, um, thinking about our hobby in the fall, which is deer hunting, yeah. uh, there are lots of different ways uh, um, in the previous years in Michigan to be able to draw a deer into your area. And one of them was bait. Right, mm-hmm. you throw bait on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that bait's going to be gone immediately as soon as the deer eats it. But if you put an apple tree there, you're going to get apples every year, mm. right? And uh, so that's a way to kind of connect this idea that uh, this tree wasn't producing what it was there it created to do. Yeah, and uh, so it actually was just taking up space and became a, a hindrance. And uh, so it just kind of a fun little northern Michigan tie-in to yeah. the message here. So like, wait, hold on, you you plant. Apple trees out where you're going to be baiting the deer? That's the smartest move going. That's what you guys you do? You can do apple trees, chestnuts. Yep. Uh, I'm a chestnut do, guy myself. Yeah. Food plots, um, you know, really? putting in different, like, clover, alfalfa, corn. I mean, you name it. Um, you're not allowed to bait, but you can hunt over a live bait field. Yep. Oh, I see. I get, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, I You like can that. either grow it or throw it, and ah, we're growing it. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Dave, um, you know, do you want to kind of share a little bit of your experience with, you know, having... Uh, some expectations and having any of those expectations not fulfilled. Have you ever had anything like that happen? Absolutely. Um, Actually, I'm going through this right now. So every year I put in food plots, you know, I went and bought a tractor. Uh, I go and till up the ground. I spray it. I do all the things you're supposed to do. And I have these weeds that just keep on coming in. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I seriously will spray with the stuff that you're not like supposed to touch <laughs> agent orange yeah right yeah. right so i spray it um the weed killer the stuff that's probably in roundup yeah um maybe someday i'll get on that bandwagon you know since we're on the bandwagon <laughs> thing right now um <laughs> but uh i do all the things you're supposed to do yeah. and it still won't work out either the seeds don't don't take or the the weeds overtake the area um right now i'm, I'm battling with these weeds that are apparently are glyphosate proof because it's not working very well in certain spots and then i'll plant and sometimes it'll be perfect all conditions are perfect and i will plant the field i'll pack the soil after it's done and then no rain yeah (laughs) and those seeds aren't watered and they're not uh fertilized because guess what right now i can't afford fertilizer it's insane yeah (laughs) i gotta run around with a bucket of chicken poop to (laughs) throw it around you know Mm -hmm. and it's extra work right yeah and even then you know, even if I do get rain, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I had a perfect plot. I had everything. It was the most beautiful plot. Yeah. But guess what? There were no deer to eat it. Really? Yeah. So, you know, kind of tying this whole thing together. Yeah. You can have this beautiful, perfect tree and there's nobody around to enjoy it. If you're not bringing people in yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to enjoy it, even if it's successful, I like that. then you're not creating, you know, more disciples. Yeah, um, absolutely. And no more deer. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting the deer that you were hoping for because you're not doing anything else to, you know, I try new areas every year. I try uh, new plants every year yeah. um, to see what they like. It just, it just depends. It takes a lot of work, um, but it does pay off occasionally. And, and sometimes, everything works properly and you end yeah. up harvesting a beautiful animal. But, you know, Just, I really liked which, how, yeah, how you ahead. tied it in, um, you know, talking about us as Christians and followers of Christ. And we seem to get lackadaisical in our faith mm-hmm. and uh, complacent and complacency kills. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I just thought it was really neat how you tied that in and you were like, you know, we need to be going out and creating fruit, showing our fruit, creating more fruit yeah. mm-hmm. and, you know, Obviously. And so Dave has illustrated what it says in Luke chapter uh, 13. You know, Jesus told the story, a man planted a fig tree in his garden and he came again and again and again and Mm -hmm. didn't find any fruit. And after three years, he said, listen, it's time to cut this thing down. It's just taking up a bunch of space. And then the gardener is kind of fun because you've got, you've got the gardener and you've got the owner in this particular parable. He's, he says, listen, let's, let me work on it one more year. Let Mm -hmm. me fertilize it. Let me, let me put the extra time in, and next year, if it doesn't produce, then go ahead and cut it down. And so Dave has kind of illustrated that for us when it comes to our, our passion in the fall. 
um, that you can put in a lot of time and effort. And if it doesn't produce, then you need to change things up. And yeah. that's what Jesus was doing. Now, as we're talking about this Mark sandwich, we got the, the bread mm-hmm. is the story of the uh, fig tree that's yeah. on both sides. And then the middle, the peanut butter and jelly, is the, the clearing of the temple. Mm. And Jesus is saying... Through this illustration of the fig tree, he's also saying, listen, the temple and its worship and its method methodology, it's all going to come to the close here in about 40 years. Yeah. And that is exactly what happened. And so this is one continuous activity or two elements combined together. The clearing of the temple and the cursing of the fig tree are really one and the same. And this is exactly what he did in 70 mm-hmm. AD. The Romans yep. just took it right down. Right. To the, the, the foundation. Not, yep. Not one stone left. Not on one stone left on the other. And uh, that's sort of symbolic of the fact that, you know, you kill it from the roots up kind of thing. You mentioned yeah. that too. Yeah. That was kind of fun too. Uh, it's very important when you read the scripture to read very specifically. So a tree dies from the top down, Jesus curses it and it dies from the roots up yeah. uh, showing his divine power and uh, power over nature. But it also shows symbolically that um, at this particular time, Hosea says the prophets were corrupt the priests were corrupt, the leaders were corrupt, and the people were corrupt, and the whole form of worship was corrupt. So it yeah. from the very basis all the way to the outer. So it's a complete removal. Yes. Yeah, and I, and, and I, I was listening to that when you were, you were talking about it, Benny. You know, I think that's something that as Christians we should be cautious of as well, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if as, as we're walking in our, our faith journey, um, sometimes, you know, we kind of had this expectation that God's grace and mercy is going to just deal with us the top down. Mm-hmm. But there are times where, you know, we got stuff in our life that's been so rooted, like bitterness, those kind of mm-hmm. things it talks about in Hebrews, where he has to dig that stuff out. It has to literally be dug out from the bottom up. Yeah. And uh, that's not a good process, but it is something that sometimes God has to do. And uh, you don't want to get in that place, right? You don't want to get in that position. See how um, it's a, it seems a little bit hard to conceptualize, but let's say our action, mm-hmm. our actions are the fruit, our beliefs are at the root. Yeah. And our beliefs get wrong That's good. and off and it comes out in the fruit. Yeah. Right? And so we're basically dying from the root out. Right. Spiritually. And we wonder, wonder why. Yeah. And, and I think the Bible says that a lot because it talks about our heart, you know, being sort of like the source of what we speak, our actions, all those different things. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like the, the root of who we are, you know, spiritually, physically, uh, those things are there. And if that's not dealt with right, the way, what we say, how we act, how we react to things, those are all examples of what's really rooted in our heart. Ideas have consequences. Yes, they do. Okay, so uh, Jesus, he curses the fig tree, and uh, you mentioned already that he was... He wasn't necessarily angry and annoyed like we would be, mm-hmm. but he was upset in the sense that it it kind of shows what was really going on there, mm-hmm. um, and he uses a prophetic example. Um, but what is another lesson that Jesus was trying to teach his disciples as they were paying attention? I know the we see that he talks about the prophetic meaning, but what do you think? Because the, the disciples necessarily didn't get the hint right. until like the second day they came by. And, and this is something we didn't necessarily explore on Sunday morning, but it's connected to the idea from uh, Mark eleven twenty four that what you speak yeah. can happen. You know, the power of words, the power yeah. of uh, the things that we say. He says, hey, listen, boys, this is nothing. You can speak to this mountain and have it cast into the sea. Yeah. If, if you ask, believe, and receive is the way it goes. Um, and so that's the deeper meaning of what he has going on here, uh, besides the work of the temple and what true passionate worship looks like. He's also teaching them that what they believe about things and what they speak into things can have incredible uh, blessing or curses. Yeah. I think it's, it's cool how you made that comparison because you notice in the text it comes right after yeah. this whole thing. And it's almost like a comparison of the fact of this is the power of tradition, religion, mm-hmm. it's it's going to die. Mm-hmm. But this is the power you have through me mm-hmm. when I'm in your life, when I'm the center of what you're doing, which is what they could have had, right? Israel could have had the power to do so many things. They were called the missionaries, mm-hmm. called to be missionaries when they yep. first started. Um, and so they kind of left that go, right? They just mm-hmm. kind of uh, became lackadaisical, uh, apathetic about things. And it's almost like a lesson to the disciples too, right? That, you know, you don't want to be in that... that, that uh, that's that what Dave's kind yeah. of talking about, yeah. right? The same pattern that Israel was on, modern-day Christianity yeah. is on that same exact pattern. Yeah. And we're becoming more and more accepting of things that are not of God. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. and all those things creep in, which I like to say the weeds in the food plot mm-hmm. are yeah. creeping in and destroying it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. That's a really good analogy. I'm glad you brought that Thank up. You. Yeah, I thank you. Yeah, that's good. That. Yeah. That'd preach. That'd yeah. preach. Yeah. <laughs> That'll like preach. That. Yeah. <laughs> so it is kind of interesting, Pastor Alex, to put a cap around that question. 
they the disciples ask Jesus, how did you get this thing to wither so quickly? And mm-hmm. he answers by saying, throw the mountains into the sea. Yeah. So he's connect. He's the one that connects this power of your words and your belief and your yeah. prayer to the actions of what's going on around you. Right. And it doesn't it seem like he's almost uh, giving them sort of insight into the fact that that they do have power through him. They, they did have power of Israel, but they let it go. Mm-hmm. They have, this is the power right here through me. Mm-hmm. When you're working through me, these things can happen. Just as you've seen your past in history, you would have seen that as well. Um, and and it, it does seem to be a part of the Christian experience is that, you know, when we come to worship on Sunday, worship is not just an, an act. It's an expression of our faith journey. It's an expression of what God's doing in our heart. When we pray, it's an expression of our language and our conversation with God. All these things are powerful to helping us be what we need to be, the, the fig tree that's producing. Right. right. Here's, the, here's the scary thing. Here's the scary thing. If you come to worship and you're not connecting your heart with what's going on, it's like a fig tree with lots of leaves and no fruit. It's yeah. apostasy. It's, it's, it's going against. It's blasphemy. Yeah. Wow. That all of a sudden, that, that, that's the other thing we have going on here is no gray stuff in the middle. Right. Yeah. 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 You're just pretending you're, you're playing church. You're not mm-hmm. being a part of the Superficiality. Yeah, superficiality. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's never a good place to be, you know, but it, it's unfortunate. The devil kind of, a lot of times gets us so overwhelmed by the, the sin garbage in our life to where we can't get to that point. Mm-hmm. And then it just becomes a religion. Yep. You know, with mm-hmm. no, no power, mm-hmm. no power. And, uh, you know, you can live like that for a long time. You can practice that till the day you die. Cause I've seen Christians go to church for 30 years doing that. Yep. I've, I've yeah. been to a lot of churches that were like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's terrible, isn't it? It's, you know, and I, I get it, I guess, from a, from a human standpoint, Yeah, but it, I felt nothing there. I right. mean, and it felt stagnant and unanointed. It just did not feel good. And yeah. that's why I'm back here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you back, Dave. Oh, yeah. thank you very much. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, the purpose of the fig tree really, as you got into it later on, was about the prophetic meaning. Mm-hmm. Eventually, that's what we were talking about. You yep. know, the action of Jesus was really just to ignite the conversation or ignite the prophetic meaning behind it. Um, and it was about Israel's mm-hmm. walk away from God, you know. Yeah. Basically, he was prophesying what was going to happen. Um, uh, was the the fulfilling purpose that you see something that, when you look at it from the perspective of how Jesus dealt with it, um, are you seeing that being fulfilled now within the, the church? I do. I do see where um, it was important for us to to kind of make clear that figs are fruit, mm-hmm. figs are people in yeah. the context in which we're talking, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. there are other fruit of the spirit that we have in our lives, right? Yeah, which Dave kind of mentioned ago that we used our fruit of our spirit to help create more fruit. But in the context of what we're talking about, fruit are people. Right? Are you producing more believers? Right. Yeah. You know, is the church producing more believers? At this particular time, Israel, the the temple worship was not producing more fruit. Okay, and then the fig tree itself is the system in which you're creating the fruit. Yeah. Jesus curses the fig tree. He cru- he curses the system, and you know. Then we went on to read about Matthew chapter seven. You know, a good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. Yeah. Right. Because that it's the tree is the the nurturing of the fruit. Um, so it was super important for us to recognize that and that Harbor Light has a responsibility to produce fruit. And we as believers have a responsibility to be a part of the system that yeah. produces the fruit. But we also produce fruit in our own lives as well. And, uh, you know, and so that's when Dave's talked to his friends and sent them the more podcasts and mm-hmm. getting them interested in the things about, you know, the scripture and about Jesus and about how real relationship with Jesus looks and feels and, and, you know, has the impact on our lives. He's doing it. He's producing fruit as mm-hmm. a believer, yeah. but he's also producing fruit because he's leading worship on Sunday morning and he's, and he's passionately doing it. And people are drawn into worship because he's using his gifts and talents. And it was really fun to be able to show um, how Harbor Light is just one of God's churches, but how we have, you know, put four concepts together to help us create the the fig tree mm-hmm. that produces the fruit that we're getting. Yeah. And that, I think it's a good point that you bring up too, because the system, you know, God doesn't necessarily always need a system to, to purvey his message around the world, but the system he did put in, 
in place through the church. And so what that means is that there are some system fig trees that are in the world today that God's going to bring down even today. It's not going to be something that uh, happens to all of us, but there are churches that God removes because they are not operating in the fact that they are bringing people into the kingdom. They're just there. They're just hanging out, taking up soil. Comfortable. Comfortable, yeah. And um, so just because this was something that Jesus was talking about Israel, trust me, it happens in our, our world today. I think I think as you're talking about this, it's coming to my mind. Anytime you get two or three Christians together, you need a system. Yeah, you, you do. Know, you yeah. Look at what happened in the Acts chapter 2 at the end of the chapter. And the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. And everyone was filled with awe as many signs and wonders were taking place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then we read in Acts chapter 4 that they gathered daily in the temple they gathered in each other's houses, they broke bread together, and they prayed. Yeah. You know, that was the system that they were using. They were praying for people, they're being healed, they're being set free, that draws people into the church, uh, they're they're preaching the gospel, they're explaining the scriptures, that brings people into faith in Jesus. So their system right. was working. Right, yeah. Because Holy Spirit was igniting it, empowering it, and, you know, whatever's happening with us. You know, so I've been involved in different uh, activities. Like I did drift trifing, triking for a while, right? And uh, so we had a group of guys that we drift trike together almost every Friday night. But we had a, there was a deeper re- reason we were getting together to do this. It was to take young men who are lost and not sure what's going on, give them something super fun and entertaining, mm-hmm. and then present the gospel to them. And we did it every time we gathered together. We would talk about the Lord and what he's doing in our scriptures. So we just used drift triking as our example. Yeah. All right. You could do deer hunting. You could do whatever it is. What system does God want to use through you to produce more fruit? And I think it's interesting how you always tend to find the extreme sports that make people yes. really want to call on God. Mm-hmm. You know, like drift triking down hills yep. that are yep. going 100 miles an hour yep. on a trike. What, what's super great is we had <laughs> we did have we did have some fruit produced from that. We yeah. had uh, oh, at yeah, least yeah. one young man accept yeah. Jesus Christ directly because of that event. But we had a guy one time drift triking uh, break his ankle. It's it swelled up about this big immediately. Oh my gosh. We prayed for him. And before he made it down the hill, the swelling was gone. Oh, that's okay? awesome. Ankle yeah. was completely healed. No joke. I'm telling you the absolute truth here. And that caused people to have the same expression Dave has on his face <laughs> yeah. right now. Their eyes were wide open because they helped pray. They're like, what? They, were, they saw his ankle swell up this big. And when we get to the bottom of the hill, his ankle is back down to normal. That's a testimony that, of God. Let me tell you what, that took, that gets people excited about accepting yeah. Jesus. Well, and you know what? Like, I, I shouldn't even have that expression because, duh, yeah. that's what our God <laughs> but does. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's yeah. It's I've, cool. Yeah. There's there's songs about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My See, that's how Pastor Gary gets into this, like, bringing people to Jesus. I'm a little more subtle and calm. I find the sports that nobody's going to have to die in. <laughs> you know, chess. chess. That's right. <laughs> We're going to do chess. We're going to have a book club together and talk about Jesus. Yeah, That's, scrapping. That, yeah, <laughs> I had I had a guy that was really frustrated with our drift trekking club because we were going past his house and he just didn't like us having fun. So he called one time and he's giving me the hard time and he's just like, you know, I don't think Christians should be doing this. And I'm like, listen, sir, I'm trying to reach young men and right. finger painting and flower arrangements. Oh, yeah. They're not working. So we're going to do drift trekking. <laughs> so just help us out. And uh, he kind of backed off a little bit because of that. But you know, I've got I'm helping helping change lives of yeah. young men. Uh, we're just using something that would pull them in and then present the gospel. And what's the best, right? We could do a healing service on Sunday morning. That would be awesome. Right. But we did a healing service on the side of a hill, Beau oh. Rabage Road, yeah. out in North Harbor Springs. And a, men got to see a miracle take place. And now they recognize Jesus Christ and his power is real. That is cool. I, I think it's awesome. I'm just, I'm more of the craft guy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Today huh? we're going to do pottery <laughs> yeah. and we're going to talk about Jesus. Or I created a weaving loom and I really want you guys to see this. <laughs> hey man, I make a lot of hands yeah, in the you, winter. Be careful crochet. you don't yeah. poke yourself with I that do. needle. I do. I make, <laughs> don't run with your crochet needles. That's right. Alex. <laughs> I know, you know, it was so funny because uh, when my wife and I, we do like different things to do, set up uh, ministries for the women. It was always a craft night or whatever. And then they have Bible study. And um, somehow she's like, you always find a way to show up. I'm like, because I like crafts. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like crafting. I love crafting. I know. Please let me. I'm be not part ashamed to tell people I love crafting. Okay. Well, I yeah. got to tell you, um, I totally, this is just a, my own personal. I totally loved when Jesus finds fruit hanging from a tree. Yeah. And his name was Zacchaeus. And, oh, yeah. and the fact yeah. that it was a fig tree yeah. on top of all of that, yeah. that was super exciting for me. I couldn't wait to get to the end of the message to be able to, to drop that little golden egg on everyone. Yeah. It was just was super good. fun. And, uh, and of course he does that outside of a church 
and then to, to be able to hear. And then we broke down, you know, the, the responses of Zacchaeus. Wasn't it fun to be able to look at the way the world saw Zacchaeus mm-hmm. and the world, yep, and the way that Jesus saw Zacchaeus? Ambition, not afraid of what people thought, yep. foresight, ran ahead, you know, interested in Jesus, yeah. right? Oh, man, all of those things were super fun. And that was... That was from Holy Spirit, and I was excited to be able to share what he had shared with me. What a great disciple opportunity for Jesus to see Zacchaeus to be like, everyone else is like, oh, man, like tax collectors are scum of the earth. Please, no, not him. And he's like, hey, Zacchaeus, what's up, man? I'm coming over later, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And Jesus invites himself over. That's the best. Yeah. I got to be in your house today. That's that's (laughs) like my, that's my kind of Jesus, right? Yeah, there you go. Uh, I did look that up, the sycamore fig. Yes. Uh, That one's propagated by lice. What? For real? For real. Dude, you're killing me. Yeah. It's, I it's know it's one of the part few. of the mulberry yeah. as well. There's a mulberry sycamore fig, which is all Middle East. Our sycamore trees that we have in the U.S. are not. No. We're connected to the maple family. But anyways, that's interesting. Yeah. Lice. Lice. And so that's why it fell out of you know favor. Like they would, yeah. people would not eat the fruit most of the time unless they're like desperate. But it was, they were propagated by a type of lice. <laughs> Hakuna Matata. I wonder if it was, yeah, I wonder yeah. if it was like a camel lice or what? I don't know, <laughs> oh, but I'm man. thinking, I, I would just pass it up anyways. I don't mm-hmm. even care. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, not good. Anyways, that's just <laughs> something for you to talk it's about on fruit. the barbecue. Yeah, yeah, you need to talk about lice a lot. I'm telling you right now, if you're a vegetarian and you're hearing all this stuff, there is a good chance you might need to give it up. I'm just right. saying. Because you're, you're really not a true vegetarian because you're eating. Yeah. <laughs> You're eating, you know, if you eat a real fig, you're eating wasp eggs and dead wasp. If you ever get a chance to eat a sycamore fig, you're going to eat some lice, Hmm. a type of lice. It's not like the lice we think of in our head, but a type of lice. It's just nasty. Okay, just give it up already. You know what? Just, you know, just go to the buffet and eat a big steak and you'll be happy. I'm just saying. Anyways, that's the end of our show. Pastor Gary, anything to wrap it up with before we... No, just come on back this weekend. We get to talk about Jesus rambling in riddles. And uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) We kind of already kind of sparked it a little bit today, even in our conversation. Isn't it funny how many times the disciples had asked him a direct question and he'd give them like a a very vague or disconnected (laughs) answer? You know, it's like, Jesus, what are you doing? Wouldn't it be amazing to have a conversation with him and you can't get a straight answer out of the guy? Uh, I got a story for that. (laughs) (laughs) That, you know, the title of the sermon would have been interesting if you said, how is Jesus and Biden the same? That would have been an interesting thing. <laughs> oh, that'd be a fun one. Yeah. Biden the house rambles. would have been packed. I can oh, tell they'd you be that. like, what? All right. We're going to see you next week. Just remember to take the uh, more challenge. If you guys are having problems feeling healthy in your week, remember just a few more vitamins and nutrition that come from the more podcast will definitely make you feel a lot happier in your media diet. And uh, you'll feel like a million gospel and, bucks. And, and we promise you there are no wasp eggs or lice no, involved. No, we don't. Uh, this is all natural without the help of any of that garbage. Anyways, we'll talk to you next week. We want you to know, find, discover, change with us. More podcast ending transmission. Now, 